Greetings, family, and welcome to another service at Graceway Church. Today we continue on a series that is anchored on the verse, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, and that verse reads, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And we started a series last week where we are looking at how as children of God, being the rushers of God, not through our own doing, but through what Christ did for us on the cross, how we can live a bold life. How we can live a life that is full of boldness. How we can live a life that is daring. How we can live a life without shame, without fear. How we can live such a life. And today I have titled my message, I Dare You to Ask. I dare you to ask. And I'm today going to be challenging us, listeners, and those watching to actually begin, if you have not done so, or if you have done so, to continue praying bold prayers, praying audacious prayers, praying prayers that are daring, praying prayers that are big because you are praying to a big God. You are praying to a mighty God. So the title is, I dare you to ask. Just like God came to Solomon one evening and said to him, Solomon, what would you like me to do for you? Ask anything, Solomon, and I shall do it. So God approaches Solomon and says, Solomon, there is no limits. There is no boundaries on what you can ask. Ask for anything and I shall do it for you. So children of God or listener, I am saying to you this morning, there is nothing wrong with you praying small prayers like, Father, bless my food. Like, Father, may I have Jenny mercies as I travel to wherever I am traveling. There is nothing wrong with that because every aspect of our lives, whether it be small or big, there's an expectation that we depend on God. There's an expectation that our trust is on God. So when I'm saying to you, I dare you to ask, when I'm saying to you, ask bold prayers, when I'm saying to you, ask audacious prayers, I'm not saying don't at all ask for small things like Father, bless my pizza, Father, bless my burger. No, but I'm saying to you, there's a time when you need to ask bold prayers. There's a time where you need to ask such prayers because child of God, let me just say to you, if you are praying small prayers, you will experience an insignificant life. But if you pray bold prayers, you'll start to see the powerful hand of God. You'll start to see the miracles. You'll start to see the mighty hand of God. Glory to you, Jesus. So children of God, I'm saying to you, dare you ask. I dare you to ask. I dare you to ask. Child of God, the Bible in the book of James, James chapter 5, the second part of verse 16 says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great Power and produces wonderful results. Oh, what an encouraging verse. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has not just power, but has great 
power not just produces results, but produces wonderful results. In other words, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Glory to you, Jesus. So, child of God, I just want to challenge you and say to you, in the past fortnight, if God had answered all the things that you prayed for, would there be a difference in your life or around you? If God instantly answered everything that you prayed for in the last two weeks, would there be change? Would the world notice? Would people say a miracle has taken place Or would it be food that was blessed that went into the intestine, into the digestive system and went out as normal? Or would the world say, wow, something has happened here. God's hand has showed up. God's hand is evident in what we are seeing here. Like when Peter and John picked up the man and say, silver and gold we don't have, but stand up in the name of Jesus. And those who knew that this man was lame knew that something had happened, a miracle had happened. I'm saying to you, over the last two weeks, if you were to reflect all the prayers that you asked God for and God answered them, would the world see that your prayer has been answered or that the miracle has taken place in your life or that the supernatural hand of God is evident in what just happened. The verse that I read continues to say in verse 17, Elijah was as human as we are. Elijah was as human as we are. Yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain will fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then in verse 18 it says, Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. James here, a brother to Jesus who had seen Jesus and had heard and read about Elijah comes to this conclusion that Elijah was an ordinary man. Yes, he was a prophet, but he was an ordinary man. There was a time when he feared women and fled. There was a time when he mistakenly thought he was the only prophet alive. So he was human and could make errors. But the Bible says he was a righteous man. And when he prayed, he prayed a prayer that was powerful. He prayed boldly. So I'm challenging you today, child of the living God, that stack praying bold prayers. Start praying audacious prayers. Start praying prayers that are daring so that you may see the manifestation of God's power. He prayed that there be no rain. He prayed that there be rain. And each time he prayed, God responded. Child of God, God responds to bold prayers. Woo! Let's look at four instances in the life that Elijah lived as it speaks to him 
praying bold prayers and God responding. The first one, as James says here, he prayed that there be no rain and there was no rain. He comes to the king Ahab with boldness and says to Ahab, Ahab, as long as God lives and I stand before him, there shall be no rain or dew for these years until at my mouth. He doesn't say for the next two weeks there won't be rain. He says for the years, so long as I live, so long as I stand, and so long as God lives, there shall be no rain for these years. That's a bold prayer. Standing before a king and saying, there shall be no rain. Because he had prayed in his quiet corner and could come and tell Ahab that Ahab, there shall be no rain. Because Ahab, you and your people are believing in Baal, are believing in a God. And that God you think is the one that causes rain to come. But no, you are believing that it is this God that brings the harvest. But it is not that. All of that comes from God. And I want to prove to you, for the next years... There shall be no rain, child of God. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The second time, it's during the famine, and Elijah has been instructed by God to go to a woman in a village and stay with that woman. God has instructed that woman to feed Elijah. He goes there, he stays there, and is fed. Him, the widow, and her son are fed from a little oil and a little flour. They are fed throughout the season of drought. And one day, the widow's son passes on, dies. And the woman comes to Elijah and starts to accuse him. It is because of you that my child has died. Elijah takes up the child, picks the child up, the dead body, takes the body to his room in the upper room where he was staying and he puts the child, he puts him on the bed and stretches over the child three times and he cries out to God and he cries out to God and says, Oh Lord my God, I pray, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. That's a bold prayer. I pray the soul has left this body, but I pray to you, my God. You are my Father. You are my Lord. All things are possible through you. I pray to you that this child's soul returns to him. And the Bible says, Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. Glory to Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. James 5. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great 
power and produces wonderful results. So if your prayer is audacious, it produces mega results beyond your expectation, beyond your contemplation. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Glory to you, Jesus. The third time, the Lord has said to Elijah, Elijah, go and present yourself to Ahab. And as he comes to present himself, Ahab starts to accuse him, you are the wrongdoer here, all what you're experiencing here is because of you. And Elijah says, no, 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 it's not because of me, it's because of you. You and your family, you've caused the nation to start believing in other gods instead of believing, instead of trusting and being obedient to God. Let us have a contest. I want to prove to you who the true God is that you all need to be worshipping, not this Baal that you are worshipping. He calls for a contest and he says, bring all the prophets of Baal. Let us have a contest here. Let us each do an offering to our God and ask our God to bring fire to cause the offering to burn. We are not going to light the wood, but our God that we are going to be praying for will cause the wood to catch fire and burn the offering. And he says to the prophet, call the whole of Israel, because I want the whole of Israel to today know who the true God is, who the God that they should be believing in is, instead of hobbling around between Baal and God. Hallelujah. And this happens. The other prophets, there's more than 400 of them. They've prayed to their God, Baal, the whole day and nothing has happened. There's been no response. And Elijah even jokes and says, maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe he's taking a day off. Maybe you need to pray a little louder. Maybe you need to shout a little louder so that he may wake up and respond to your prayer and respond to your cry. The whole day, nothing happens. They even start to take knives and swords to cut themselves. Nothing happens. Pens. Then he says, okay, you guys have failed. You are done. It is now my turn. He says, put water on the firewood. Also do a trench around the altar so that at least three or four gallons of water can fill the trench around. And pour water. Pour it many, many times, about three times they poured water. The wood became wet. There was water in the trench. And then he looked up to God and started praying this prayer. He says, oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that you are my servant. You can read that in 1 Kings chapter 18 from about 36 to 40. But then after he had prayed that, the Bible in verse 38, it says, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young offering and burnt everything and even the water that was in the trench, it burned it. And then the Bible says, and then the people bowed down and said, this must be God. This must be God. Elijah prayed a bold prayer and saw the move of God. He said, God in heaven, bring your fire down. Let your fire come down. And the fire came down. The fourth time where Elijah 
prays. And this is when he prays for the rain to come back. After all of this, he then says to Ahab, Ahab, go and celebrate, go and eat, go and have a party. Rain is coming. The Lord is releasing rain. Go and celebrate. And having said that, him and his seven climb up to the top of Mount Camel. And when he gets there, he bows low to the ground and prayed to the Father with his head in between his knees. He prays and he lifts up his head and says to the seven, seven, go look out toward the sea. See whether is there cloud forming. The seven goes and he comes back and he says there is nothing. He goes back and says, go and look again. He bows down and continues praying. The Bible says seven times Elijah told his servant to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And this is the seventh time. Elijah then says, go and tell Ahab to rush home because there is a storm. Before the storm catches him and prevents him from getting home, it says, then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, Climb onto your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds and a heavy wind brought terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly to Jezreel. Glory to Jesus. Here is Elijah. He says, I'm going to pray to God for rain to come. A few verses earlier, in the beginning of this chapter, chapter 18, 1 Kings, the Bible says the Lord spoke to Elijah and said, Elijah, go and present yourself to the king, for I'm about to send rain. Here is something that we all need to understand because many people are saying, I am not going to pray because what is the point of praying? God knows what he's promised me. If God wants to give it to me, he will give it to me. Elijah had the promise of God. Elijah had in verse 1 what God was about to do. But Elijah went and prayed because child of God for the manifestation of God's promises, for the manifestation of the things that God wants to do on this earth, you need to pray. That is why when Jesus taught the disciples on how to pray, he said, pray our Father. Then he goes on to say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants his will done on earth, but his will can only manifest through us praying his will to be done on earth. Through praying the promises that God has given, Elijah understood that. God has said, I'm sending rain, but for that rain to come, he needed to pray. Daniel also understood that God had said that be in exile for 70 years. And when the time was there, he prayed, he fasted. 
Because that was so that what God had promised could then manifest. Here's the second point around this. So number one, you've got to pray so that what God has promised can be realized so that it can manifest. Lots of people have stopped praying because when they prayed, their prayers were not answered. Child of God, I don't know why your prayers are not being answered. God will tell us one day when we get to heaven. But the one thing I know in Psalm 84 is that the righteous cry out to him and he hears them and it delivers them from all of their troubles. The one thing that I know is that so long as God is on the throne, in Him I shall trust, in Him I shall come to, in Him I shall come for my help. So I'm speaking to you that maybe you've prayed and your prayer has not been answered. Don't give up. Jesus says to His disciples, don't cease praying. Don't give up praying and he gives an example of a persistent woman of a persistent widow to a judge i'm saying to you even elijah here he prayed seven times he could have given up the first time he could have said lord you said in your promise this is what is going to happen but no he did not it did not happen like that when he prayed the first time there was no cloud that formed. It took seven times of him. That is why even when the child died, the Bible says three times he stretched himself. Three times he stretched himself over the woman. Child of God, I'm saying to you, don't stop at six. Don't stop at seven. Pray until you see the manifestation of God's promise over your life. Glory to Jesus. You may say to yourself, ah, oh, pastor, you are speaking about a prophet here. In the Bible, there's also another man whose name was Jabez. And this man, we don't hear much about him. He's found in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 to about 10. No introduction, but the only thing that we hear is that he was a more honorable man among his brothers. And his mother had given him this name Jabez because his mother said his birth had been very painful. So whenever Jabez went and introduced himself or he was called, he was reminded of how painful his birth had been. Wherever he went, he was reminded that he was a causer of pain. He's a causer of the worst pain that you can think of. But Jabez decided to pray a bold prayer. And he said, Lord, I know my name is Jabez, but you have given me another name. Bless me, Lord. Enlarge my territory. And he goes on to say, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And the Bible says, so God granted him what he requested glory to Jesus, child of God. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What about Jesus? A story recorded in the book of Luke and also in the book of Matthew is mentioned 
where the disciples approach Jesus and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because they see that there must be something in the way that Jesus prays that causes the powerful results. They are seeing powerful results in Jesus and they are saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus teaches them what we today call the Lord's Prayer. And beyond that, he stretches them and says to them, Suppose a friend visits you late at night. He comes to you from a long journey, unexpected, and he's hungry. And because you've got no food in the house, you didn't expect him, you get up middle of the night and go and knock at another friend's house. And the friend inside the house, you say, friend, please give me three loaves of bread. I've got a friend who's come from a long journey and I'd like to feed him. And the friend sleeping with his family in the house says, I will not open the door. We are sleeping. My children are sleeping. Everyone is asleep here. Don't cause disturbance. And Jesus says something remarkable in Luke chapter 11, verse 8. He says to his disciples, I tell you, even though he won't get up and give you anything because he is his friend. Yet, because of his friend's shameless boldness, because of the friend's shameless boldness, this friend that is sleeping in the house that has locked himself with his family will get up and give him as much as he needs. Glory to Jesus. He says, you disciples, I've taught you how to pray, but I want to emphasize something here about prayer, about bold prayer. That bold prayer moves beyond just friendship. Bold prayer causes people to open doors because you've come with boldness. The door was not opened because you are friends. The door was opened because of your shameless boldness your shameless boldness child of god god responds to bold prayers he says in hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 come boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy and obtain grace for when you need it. So you are coming to ask. You are coming to the gracious Lord. You are coming to his throne. You need to come boldly without shame. And in your boldness, even in your asking for mercy, even in your asking for grace, it has to be bedded on boldness. Glory to you, Jesus. First John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. The Bible says... Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence we have in God. That if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask for anything 
anything, not just some things, but anything that is according to his will, God hears us. And if we know without a doubt, and if we know that God hears us, whatever we ask, we therefore know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Glory to Jesus. This is the confidence. This is the confidence you should have, child of God in God. That if you ask for anything, unlimited asking, unrestricted asking, anything that is according to his will. What is his will? His will is his promises that are in the Bible. That is why I said earlier on, Jesus said, pray that let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let there be prosperity on earth. Let there be health on earth. Let there be joy on earth. Let there be peace on earth. Let there be no cry on earth. This is what you pray for and that is what God's will is. And when you pray that, he hears you. And when you know that God hears you, you know that whatever you've asked him, God shall give to you. Glory to Jesus. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 and 12, we normally stop at verse 11 that says, For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then we stop there. So God is setting the senior. He's setting the senior to say, my child, I know the plans I have for you. These are my plans. I have no doubt about my plans for you. These are plans to prosper you. These are plans not to harm you. These are plans to give you hope and a future. Then he goes on to say in verse 12, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And I will listen to you. So God is saying, I know the plans I have for you. So you can pray a bold prayer based on this, that Father, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, you say in your word, you know the plans you have for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me a future and a hope. I pray that there be hope in my life. You are the giver of hope. I pray that you may prosper me because prosperity comes from you. And Father, it pleases you when your servant prosper. I give you the glory. Let it be in Jesus' most precious name. Hallelujah. James again in chapter 4 verse 2 says, you know, you do not have because you don't ask God. You do not have because you do not ask God. Child of God, what's stopping you from praying a bold prayer? When in the book of 1 John, chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it was saying anything and everything that you've asked for, it shall be given to you. It shall be given to you. Child of God, I want to challenge you once again to actually say to you, 
if you reflect on the prayers that you've presented to God in the last two weeks, and if God were to answer all of them now, would those prayers bring change that the world could see and say, that is surely the hand of God. That is surely the power of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the just shall live by faith. And the Lord is not pleased with those that shrink back. Why are you shrinking back with your prayers? Why are you asking God small prayers? Why? Is it fear of being disappointed? I want to encourage you today and beyond that start praying for prayers. Start keeping a prayer journal and write in your prayer journal bold prayers, bold things. And when God responds, not if, when God responds to your prayer, you can tick it off to actually say, on this day, this prayer was answered. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I want to share with you three reasons why you should pray bold prayers. Why you should pray audacious prayers. And just once again to reiterate, there is nothing wrong with praying small prayers. There is a time for small prayers. There is a time for bold prayers. But let not your life be overpowered by small prayers. Let there be a good mix and more of bold prayers should be prevalent in your life in Jesus' most precious name. You are praying bold prayers because you know who you are praying to. You are praying bold prayers because you are approaching your father. You are approaching your Abba. You are approaching someone that you have a relationship with. So you can come to him. That is why the Bible says, Come to the throne of grace with boldness because you are coming to your father. It is like you coming to your physical father, but you are coming to your father who is in heaven. You've got a relationship with him. You are not a stranger. You are not coming to him through a third person or a forerunner. No, 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 no. You are coming to him as you are. You are coming to him as a friend. There is sonship. You are coming to him as a a son to him, you can come boldly to him. You can come to him as you are. Glory to Jesus. You pray bold prayers because you are praying to a father of the impossibilities. Glory to Jesus. You are praying to a father of the impossibilities. You are serving a big God. You are serving a mighty God. You are not just serving a human being. You are serving a God. You are worshipping a big God. There is no other God like him. The earth will come and go, but God will be there forever. He was there in the beginning, eternal beginning. He will be there in the eternal end. He is forever. He is an everlasting Father. Glory to Jesus. 
small prayers. Say, I'm not sure whether this is a big God. Small prayers say, I'm not sure whether God is going to respond to this. I'm not sure whether God is able to respond to such a big prayer. I think my prayer will intimidate God. Child of God. The Bible, in the book of Genesis, the angel of the Lord came to Abram. Abram. And assured him that he was blessed and he's going to be father of nations. And Sarah laughs. And the angel of the Lord, before he leaves, says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Abraham is about 99 years old. Sarah is 10 years younger. Their bodies are gone. Productivity is gone. But the angel of the Lord says, is anything too hard for the Lord? He continues to say, I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. In the book of Numbers, the Lord speaks to Moses and says to Moses, Moses, I shall do this. And Moses sort of doubts whether the Lord will be able to do it. In Numbers 23, in response, the Lord said to Moses, Has my hand lost its power? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Glory to Jesus. You are coming before a God in whom nothing is impossible. So you can come to him and present your bold prayer. Nothing will intimidate God. Nothing will cause God to shrink to say, I cannot handle this. Jeremiah prayed to the Lord. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, he says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. He acknowledges what the Lord has done and nothing is impossible with him. He acknowledges that only God can do such a thing with his strong hand and powerful arm. He then says, nothing is too hard for you. That is why you can come to God with the boldest of prayers because nothing is impossible with God. Don't come to God with your man-sized prayers only. Also come to God with bold prayers. But the Russians are as bold as a lion. But the Russians are as bold as a lion. Glory to Jesus. Then in Jeremiah, same chapter, but verse 27, the Lord responds to Jeremiah and says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? God is saying to you as you come to him to pray, My child, is anything too hard for me. My child is anything too hard for me. Jesus one day responds to his disciples and says to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all, not just some, all things are possible. 
glory to Jesus. Let me bring this point home. If Bill Gates or someone of that kind of wealth were to come to you and say, so-and-so, um, I would like to bless you with whatever you ask for. Would you say, Bill Gates, please give me money just to see me till the next month? Would you be asking Bill Gates such small prayers, knowing how deep his pocket is? Or will you be saying, Bill Gates, settle my bond. Bill Gates, settle the debt on my cars. Bill Gates, I want a holiday home here. Buy that holiday home for me. Bill Gates, I want to start this business. Provide the finances for this business. Or, Bill Gates, I want to do this. I need so much. It is beyond me. Provide. Now, if you can boldly ask Bill Gates and not ask him small prayers, why do you do that with God? Why don't you do Equally the same with God. Because God owns everything. Bill Gates only owns a portion. God controls everything. Bill Gates is only for a moment. God knows everything from beginning to end. Bill Gates only knows a certain amount. Bill Gates' wealth can only last for so much. But God's wealth is eternal. Why don't you ask God? I'm just illustrating that using money, but it applies to everything. It applies to everything. Glory to Jesus. So you ask God. You pray both prayers because you are praying to a father in whom nothing is impossible. Number two, you pray bold prayers because the father to whom you are praying to is a generous giver. God is a generous giver, child of God. In the book of Genesis, when he created man, Genesis chapter 9, verse 3, the Bible says, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. So right in the beginning of our time as human beings, God gave us everything. Everything because God is a generous giver. God is a generous giver. He gave us everything. Nothing did he withhold. That is why the Bible says he withholds nothing to those who walk upright. Glory to Jesus. The only thing that he said don't touch was the tree that suddenly enough man touched and man had to then work for everything after that. But God's original plan that Jesus came to then restore was that we would have everything. That is why Jesus says, I came that you may have life and that life may overflow in you. Not just eternal life, but life on earth may overflow in you. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his son. In Romans 8 verse 32, 
Paul remembers that. He says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, King of kings. God wants to give you everything. If he gave his only son, shall he then withhold all other things? No. Psalm 84 verse 11b says, No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Glory to Jesus. In the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says to his disciples, and he's speaking to us, he says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened for you. So he's saying this after teaching his disciples how to pray. And in Luke 11, he then gives an illustration of a friend that comes to wake up a friend. And then in Luke, he also starts to say, ask and you shall give. And Matthew reflects on that same event here. And then Matthew says in verse 9 of chapter 7, Oh, what man is there among you who, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? So you are fathers of your sons. If your son asks you for bread, you are not going to give him a stone. If your son asks for fish, you are not going to give him a serpent. Then he says in verse 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts, underline that, good gifts to your children, how much more will your father not just God. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? You do not have because you have not asked. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. And knock and it shall be opened for you. If you give your children the best things and you are evil, how much more a holy God, how much more a God that loves you unconditionally shall he not give to you even more than you as an evil parent can give to your child? Glory to Jesus. God is a generous giver. God came to Solomon and asked Solomon, Solomon, what do you want me to do for you? There are no boundaries. There are no limits. And Solomon said, give me wisdom to govern this nation of Israel. And God not only blessed him with wisdom to govern that nation, but God made him the wisest man to ever live. Wells knew of his wisdom. Wells knew how wise Solomon was. Not only did God give him such massive, such huge wisdom, if there's such a thing, but the Lord also 
blessed him with wealth. He became the richest man. I want to believe as well that Solomon's request was a bold request because wisdom is obtained through time, through experiences. But Solomon said, now, Lord, give me wisdom now. And God gave him wisdom. And beyond that, because God is a generous giver. Hannah prayed to God and said, God, give me a son that I may then dedicate to your temple. And the Lord not only blessed her with a son, but the Lord blessed her with a prophet, Samuel. And not only that, but went to bless her with other children. I'm saying to you, child of God, God is a generous giver. Come to him and make your bold request to him. He is not intimidated by what you are asking for. He is a generous giver. You ask for wisdom to rule a nation. He makes you the wisest man and pours onto that wealth. You ask him for a son. He blesses you with more than one child. Not just a son, but a someone who becomes a prophet. Glory to Jesus, child of God. If you know someone who's a generous giver, when you come to ask for something from such a person, do you hold back and say, maybe they'll not grant me? Or because you know that that person is a generous giver, you push the envelope, you push, you ask Boldly, you ask audaciously, you ask daringly. But why then do you do that with God? When God is a generous giver, right from the beginning of time, he gave man everything. He is a generous giver. Child of God, I'm encouraging you to come boldly before the throne of grace and ask bold prayers in the throne of grace. Ask bold prayers from your Father because God is, God is a generous giver. Lastly, you pray bold prayers because those prayers are prayed in the name of Jesus. Those prayers are prayed to God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you pray those prayers. John 14 verse 13 to 14 says, This is Jesus speaking. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, in my name, I will do it. Whatever you ask in my name, anything that you ask, I will do. In my name, you are coming to ask God in the name of Jesus. And Jesus says, you can use my name to ask for anything. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. The 70 disciples that Jesus sent out 
into the field came back in Luke chapter 10 verse 17 and said, Lord, even demons are subject to us in your name. In other words, there is power in the name of Jesus. When Peter and John were asked after they had healed the lame man that I spoke about the other day, the lame man found in Acts chapter 3, when they were asked, by whose name, in whose power did you heal this man? They said, in the powerful name of Jesus, the one whom you crucified and God raised from the dead. So they knew that there's power in the name of Jesus. That is why they said to that man, silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, get up. Glory to you, Jesus. Somewhere else, the disciples, in the book of Luke, chapter 9, the disciples are concerned that there are people that don't belong to their group, but are using Jesus' name, and people are being healed. The Bible says, John said to Jesus, Master, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told them to stop because he wasn't in our group. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. They're not against us. Let them do what they are doing. These were not the disciples of Jesus, but they were using the name of Jesus. You may not have been among the 12 or 70 disciples, but you are a disciple of Jesus today. You are a follower of Christ today. Therefore, you as well can use the name of Jesus. That is why when Jesus left, he says, in my name, you will cause demons to flee. In my name, you will touch people with your hands and they will be healed. So Today, child of God, I'm saying you can make bold prayer because you are praying in the name of Jesus, in the powerful name, the name that was used to bring healing, the name that is still used today to bring healing, the name that is used to perform miracles, the name that can still be used to perform miracles. Glory to you, Jesus. We lift up your name. We give you the glory today. Before I conclude, let me say to you, if the president of the country or prime minister of your country were to say to you, use my name, use my name, however you want to use it, would you use that president's name for small things? Or would you use that president's name for big things? Why then are you using the name of Jesus only for small things? And not coming boldly before the throne with the authority given to you to use his name. Use his name to ask bold prayers, to ask for big things, to ask audaciously, to ask daringly. Use his name. Child of God, many people are not praying bold prayers because they fear of being disappointed. Rather be disappointed praying for big things than be disappointed praying for small things. As I close, let us pray prayers that display the mighty power of God. Let us pray prayers that when answered, there is no question whose hand was involved. 
Let us pray prayers. When someone hears such a prayer, they say, that person must be crazy. You must be crazy. How can you be asking for such? You must be crazy. I want to believe that when the Israelites heard Joshua praying before them to God and saying, God, let the sun stop, let the moon stop, they thought he was crazy. But when we present crazy prayers, audacious prayers to God, daring prayers to God, God moves, child of God. I'm saying to you, stop praying only small prayers. Start praying bold prayers. Start praying audacious prayers. In Jesus' most precious name, the Bible says, now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above not just some but all that we ask. So you, you can never out ask God if there's such a word. He's able to do exceedingly above whatever you've asked him. If you think that is your ceiling, that is just the foundation for God. Child of God, I dare you to ask. I dare you to ask bold prayers and start to experience a life of abundance. Start to experience a life of miracles. Start to experience a life of God's promises. We thank you, God, for your word. We lift up your name. Glory and honor belongs to you always, King of glory. Be lifted up. Father, I pray that as your servants pray bold prayers, in your word you promise that if we pray according to your will, you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, therefore our prayers are answered. Everything that we've prayed is answered. We thank you, God, in Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen. I don't want to close the service without inviting anyone that has not made Jesus their Lord. You know, you can only make these bold prayers to God because you've got a relationship with him. And that relationship only comes through his son, Jesus Christ. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and make him Lord over your life. You only need to do one thing. Say this prayer with me. Make a decision and then say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that you sent to come and die for us. Father, forgive me of my sins, and today I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come and dwell in me from today onwards. Today I am a new creation. Today something new is started. Today I'm born again. I thank you, God. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor. We thank you, God, in Jesus' most precious name. If you've said this prayer, you've made the best decision you will ever make in your life. It's an eternal decision.